so many different ways that God is speaking right now and there's a lot more he wants to say to us we want to wait for him we're going to wait for him this morning in worship there'll be three people trust me they'll appear sitting down here this morning who if you have word a word impression and encouragement again just bring it forward we just want to hear what the Lord is stirring up among us and Lord we just want to thank you for boldness that is coming as, as we trust for what you're wanting to do and, and hear, hear this it's what the Lord says and we turn away from that that brings the problem right it's when we disobey because we're afraid or we think we know better or we, we rationalize or we have a humanistic mindset that is higher than God's that's the problem, right? Turning from what he says. Yeah. I wonder if he's been speaking to you this week. Hebrews 3. We don't want to harden our hearts this morning. And it was so encouraging to see so many respond last week and to hear the responses this week. New life. Let's continue to posture our hearts in humility, in trust before him. Yeah. So... As the Lord speaks and releases words and impressions amongst us this morning, the people you're looking for down the front here are Daniel Hollett, Jen Pelling, and uh, Damien Jensen will be joining them as, as well. So Damien, you're looking for Damien or Daniel or Jen. Just come and share what you believe the Lord is speaking and showing you, and then they'll help put all that together just as they did last week would you please stand with me we want as we go into a time and I just I want to invite you to open your hands up this is a posture of surrendering to the Lord and would you just as I pray pray your own prayer posturing yourself saying Lord I've come to bring you a gift, a gift of myself. My, I present myself, body, soul, and spirit to you this morning because I desire to love you with all of my heart and soul and mind and strength. And Father, we believe that you have something to give to all of us today. We believe it's the gift of repentance think of the scriptures Paul's Paul's letter to the church in Rome so relevant for us today where he he speaks of God it's your kindness that leads us to repentance and that's so true because you are kind because you are merciful because you give grace to the humble we can come with your confidence we don't need to be afraid of you when we come in repentance and humility Father, I'm asking that you will gift us again with a fresh measure of the fear of the Lord. We be a people who tremble at your word, who tremble at your presence, because we have seen your holiness and we understand who you are. We've seen you 
we've beheld you and we understand who we are before you and that without your grace we are doomed for all eternity but because of your grace in Christ we can come that we don't want to presume that we are fully formed in Christ and so we we come and say form Christ in me today God if that's your prayer as you're standing there just speak that out to the Lord say God I want Christ to be formed in me and I ask you to do whatever you need to do I give you permission to do whatever you need to do to form Christ in me today He would be my one desire. He would be the thing I desire above all others. Form Christ in me. And because, God, it's you said that people would know that we belong to you because, we, because they see Jesus in us. Because the love that we have for one another is the same love that was in Jesus which is Christ in us. God, we stand and we say, our world desperately needs to see Jesus. It doesn't need to see glamorous Christian celebrities or influences. It doesn't need any of that. It needs to see Jesus. And Jesus is seen in the humble and the contrite. The ones who bow their knee before you, Jesus. So if Holy Spirit, come and form Christ in us individually and collectively. As we worship, release the spirit of wisdom and revelation amongst us so that we grow in the knowledge of who you are, God. And then we're not captivated by the the foolishness of the world and the, the wisdom of this age. We're captivated by you and your word. And we're people who are living in obedience to you. So we say, come Holy Spirit and increase the active manifest presence of Father, Son and Spirit amongst us for his honor and glory, I pray. Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Lord, here we are as individuals, here we are as families. We want to stand holy place. Lord, we have need of the washing of the water of life, the the washing in your word, cleansing, Lord. Deliver us, O God, from the things that we're blinded to. Holy Spirit, Would you illuminate our hearts this morning? You don't desire sacrifice, Lord. 
not after what we can bring you or give you or the way we can even serve you. Lord, you're after so much more. You're after our hearts. You're after obedience. But Lord, the things that you've been putting your finger on, you're looking for the heart. seeks your washing and your cleansing. For the individual or the family and us as a family, New Life Church, attorney, Lord, you're watching. Because you long to be gracious to us. phrases that's been going around and around in our hearts. Wayne and I, every day we're saying, Lord, thank you that your kindness leads us to repentance, that you're so gracious. Do you know what? We are prepared to, to, to step away from a situation that looks more, you know, like I should say something to that person, right? But I don't want to get involved. And you know what? God wants to get involved. It's just so amazing that he's so gracious and he's not going to leave us where we are. His heart is to give. His heart is to pour out grace. We just stand humbly before him. It's good just to stand. It's good just to sit, kneel, whatever. feel that tenderizing of our hearts. We so need it. Just like spring rain on dry ground. Dry bones. Yeah, Lord. Thank you. You're the kindest one I know, Lord. Wrap us in your mercy. Wrap us in your love. confident in your power to transform. Thank you, Lord. Someone's had a picture and it's been put here because our team sends it's something to be spoken out right now. I'll just read it. I see a picture of someone with a rolled up sock, a rolled up sock in their throat trying to hold the cry in to block it out or to muffle it a sense of warning to release it to allow him to release his cry so that you will not choke embrace engage 
trust. Let it go. Throw it off. Lord, you know, thank you for this, this picture, this impression, Lord. Lord, you know who that's for. And Lord, we, we ask you right now to release grace and mercy. That there would be freedom, Lord. There was another phrase with this word. It said, don't allow nonchalance to win. Don't be indifferent to this. Lord, we ask. For your help. Lord, release the cry. Lord, release the cry. Release the cry, Lord. Release the cry. Release. Release, Lord. Release. Give grace. Give grace, Lord, right now to reach for you, to reach for you, to trust you, that you're able to do more. You're able to set free. You're able to break heavy burdens and yokes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this word that's reaching right into the soul, to the spirit. We trust you, Lord. Lord, that what you say and what you plan, Lord, will reap a harvest. Lord, let this word become that thing which is a measure of your kindness, Lord. This word is your kindness, Lord. So we receive it for that person, Lord. We stand with them. We trust you, Lord. We trust you for that. Thank you that you've been breaking off the silence, been breaking off the fear, breaking off the shame. Lord, break the chains of shame, Lord. Break them. Break them this morning, Lord. Break them here. feast of Jesus as we allow a bit more time. Wayne's going to lead us in the feast of Jesus. But don't break. Don't break. Don't break out of what the Lord is doing, what he's saying, what he's allowing to settle in your heart. Lord, I'm so thankful for the people who are speaking out with boldness as you as you bring, Lord, that cleansing. And that's 
the blessing of repentance. That's the blessing of confession, Lord, that there is freedom. Lord, we need that. And you want us to walk in it. You want us to not be afraid. It's time. It's time for us to honor you as the worthy one. Jesus, you hung on a cross. You were fully exposed, but you scorned the shame. And you looked upward, you went heavenward for the joy that was set before you. I share a few thoughts before we eat and drink together. There was a, there was a word in particular that uh, last Sunday that there was lots of words, but there was one that I felt was particularly connected to to what I want to share around the feast of Jesus today. And uh, someone had seen a picture of a of a, a big door and a big Jesus with big feet. Coming through, Jesus is walking through the big door. This big Jesus walking through a big door. And there were some other pictures that had that flavour, if you like, in it, words that came through of the greatness of God. And it reminded me of a book that I heard of uh, when I was a teenager called Your God is Too Small by J.B. Phillips which is out of print now Um, Your God is Too Small and one of the things that has been of concerning me uh, particularly in these pandemic years is seeing and hearing Christians face-to-face in conversations pastors in conversations people on the internet Christians in conversation you know speaking and putting out these videos that when you boil it down to they're magnifying the evil people in the world that you don't get to the end of the conversation and go wow God is awesome you get to the end of the conversation and you go oh my goodness Evil people are doing evil things in the world and they're going to win. But that's not the message of the cross. That's not the gospel, everybody. It doesn't matter if it's being spoken by a Christian. If it's not, if our, if our lives and our theology and our interpretation of events are not formed by the cross, which is to say they are cruciformed theology, if you use that, that's a technical word, but in other words, formed by the cross or seen through the lens of the cross, we are missing the point. I invite you to open the scriptures to 1 Corinthians 1 verses 18. Paul, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, His first letter to them, in chapter 1, verse 18, they've got divisions in the church. That's what the preceding verses are all about. There's divisions in the church. People are taking offense with one another. All sorts of things are going on. 
And so right away, Paul says to them, you have to be people who are formed by the cross. And this is what he says to them. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Now just stop for a moment and think about, we, we can't put ourselves into ancient Rome when the cross is a form of torture, humiliation and degradation. The message of the cross from a cultural point of view is this person is worth nothing. They have contributed nothing to the good of our society and we are eliminating them by executing them. That's the message of the cross from a cultural perspective. And Paul says, but that one who hung on the cross, that man of Nazareth, that was actually the wisdom of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligence. And Paul asks some questions. He says, So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? The world's talk show hosts, the world's media influencers. Where does it leave all these people? Paul's answer is this. God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God, in his wisdom, saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom... He's used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Sometimes talking about Jesus seems foolish, feels foolish. Paul says it's foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven and it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. But when we preach that Christ is crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Do you want to know where the power of God is and the wisdom of God? It's in the cross and it's in living a cruciform Life, a life that's shaped by the cross, words that are shaped by the cross, responses to government edicts that are shaped by the cross. It is always suffering before glory in the kingdom of heaven. None of us escape us. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. We need to learn this. Yeah, powerful people are intent on doing evil things to maintain their power and their wealth. But we need to be anchored in that the weakness of God is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Wow. Yeah. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, which is the cross. A crucified man 
crucified, insignificant Jewish man hung on a cross, executed by the Roman dictator, the Roman power system, the Roman government. God used that to bring them to nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, if you want to have a conversation about who's the most powerful in the world, boast about the Lord. Boast about the power of God. The power and the wisdom of the cross that triumphs over sin and evil and wickedness for all eternity. Keep your finger in 1 Corinthians and come with me to 2 Kings. Chapter 5, chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6 and verses 15 and 17. It's again speaking of the power of God. So what's going on here? Is it's Elisha the prophet who's got a servant, and uh, the the enemies the, uh, the the enemies of Israel are sick of the fact that they can't take a, they can't make a move without the Israelites knowing what's going on, and they track it back to the Israeli secret service Mossad, which at that time is run by Elisha who just stands in the presence of God and God shows him what's going on and Elisha tells the king what to do and the king goes and meets and defeats the enemies. So they're sick of this. So they figure we're going to go and get Elisha and take him out. And the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside. There were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. We are surrounded. And he says to Elisha, Sir, what will we do now? It's a devastating impact. We're surrounded. Look, the army have surrounded us. And Elisha says to him these these words, which really don't make any sense in the context. You're looking at, at battle armaments. You're looking at being surrounded. He says to the man, don't be afraid. You've got to be joking. They've got us completely surrounded. We are dead. Don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid. There are more on our side than on their side. What? We ain't got any. Where are our weapons? Where are our guns? Where are our soldiers? And then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that on the hillside around, Elisha was filled with horses and chariots fire people we need to understand this is the reality you know it looks like we're surrounded but we're surrounded by him greater is he that is for us than he that is against us and the numbers that are against us live in that reality in this pandemic when all these things are swirling around and it's only going to get worse and if we are living like the servant, if we would just can see what's, what's in front of us, we need to say, God, open my eyes to see you, to see the chariots and the horses of God. 
the Lord of heaven's hosts, his army surrounding, that he's working out, you're working out your eternal purposes. In the war in Ukraine, you've probably heard it over and over as I have. It's a David and Goliath struggle. How many heard that? Just put, heard that? It's been in the media, a lot of people. It's like a David and Goliath struggle. No, it's not. It's not. It's a small country versus a massive country. But when you know the story of David and Goliath, what was it? Goliath was coming out and intimidating the people of God. That's what was going on in that. And they were intimid- they, they were, came under that intimidation of Goliath. Because they looked at Goliath and they said, You are huge. None of us can take you on. And David's a little guy, a young man. But what's David been doing? He has been cultivating a life in God that's hidden in a hiddenness and obscurity. I need to, we need to get back to this, everybody. You can tell that I'm feeling passionate about this this morning. We need to get back to lives where, we're, where we care nothing about what people see of us, but we care only that we are in His presence, in the Lord's presence. And with Him, and we're cultivating a life in Him because we don't know when we're going to be called upon to be a David and stand in the, for the Lord. And if we have not cultivated a life of hiddenness in God and obedience to God in that secret place where no one sees, if we've been cultivating a life of compromise and thinking God doesn't see and He doesn't mind about these little things and about it's okay, we will not be prepared for the day that's coming because we will not know the Lord David looked at Goliath and said you are nothing from the Lord's perspective and that is what we need to have anchored in our hearts when we look at the the wicked and evil schemes that are being perpetrated around the world in so many ways more than we know And we must never think that God is not aware of them or that he is indifferent. But what he is looking for is a people who will stand in his presence. Be preoccupied with him, not be preoccupied with what our government is doing or not doing or what is happening, but being preoccupied with Jesus. And like I said, people who our lives are cruciform formed by the cross of Christ so there's a big door there's a big Jesus coming through with big feet to crush his enemies people and in that way he's done it but the ultimate is still coming in Psalm 20 verse 7 and 8 some of you know this very well you could sing it with me some nations boast of their chariots and horses but what do we boast in we boast in the name of the Lord our God these nations will fall down and collapse but we will rise up and stand that is an eternal perspective everybody that's an eternal reality yes nations boast And they're building up their weapons, their chariots, their horses. But we are people 
we go, the Lord is victorious. The Lord is victorious. You will collapse and fall. There is an appointed end to evil on the planet. And the victorious Christ, who triumphed in what seemed the most ridiculous fashion, what looked the weakest thing of a man, an insignificant Jewish man, crucified to a Roman cross, executed, hung and died. That looks like abject and complete foolishness. It doesn't look like strength in any way. But that is where the strength and the power and the wisdom of God is. And so when we partake of these elements, we are stepping into, we are reminding ourselves, this is who I belong to. And I want his life in me, fresh today. I want to be confident in him. I want to be like Elisha. I want to see that greater are those who are with me, with us, than those arrayed against us. I want to have the life in God that David had. That meant he could go up when everyone else is cowering around about him in the face of intimidation. He was able to stand and he said, I'm not coming against you. You come against me, Goliath, he said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord my God. And you're going down, not because of who I am, but because of who God is and what God has done. Let's be be people who are anchored there we have a big God we have a big God people don't be ones whose God is too small who think that he's not going to he's not going to triumph he's working out his eternal plans and purposes and before we eat and drink let's stop and pray and I believe this is a moment again of it's staying in the same theme as what we've been focusing on. It's this theme of repentance. And if you've been one who you need to repent because you have failed to see the greatness of God, you've been preoccupied with things on the internet which are talking about how wicked and evil people are doing wicked and evil things, and you've been preoccupied with that rather than preoccupied with the Lord, just be, say, God, I repent. I repent, Lord, and I'm not going to go there again. going to stop watching i'm going to stop listening i'm going to stop reading except your words lord because i want my heart to be anchored in you your character i want my hope to be anchored in you breathe out your prayer of repentance to the lord so god forgive me god forgive me sinless, let this little wafer, sorry, remind us all as we eat it of the sinless body of our Lord Jesus Christ broken for us to redeem us to God. We eat this wafer and give thanks.
Decide how you can make a response to what the Lord is speaking. Something He's spoken today, something He spoke last week. The Lord is always, always looking, longing to see what our response will be. Is it just we walk out of here and it's, oh well, it's life back to normal. It's a busy week coming up. He's longing to see who will respond and how. Just the small things matter, you know. The small things matter. And in this time, actually just leading up to this time, actually, the Lord had been speaking to me about coming back to some disciplines that I'd had going, yeah, have had going consistently the weariness of life I've been breaking in on me and I, I was aware of his drawing say Julie get up get up when I wake you up <laughs> and I've just been saying to the Lord I want to be with you where you are and as I've just been saying, Lord, you've got to give me the grace because I'm weary. He's just been breathing that life into my dry bones. And there's just a sweetness again. And it's not because I've done anything, but because he's just been gracious. What would he say for your family? What are some of the changes, just little changes? Like Pete and Judy were talking about what Pete was sharing this morning. What are those what are those things that we need to address? What about young people? You know, what is the Lord stirring you for? What is he he's looking for friends. You know? He wants young people. He wants children even. You know? Just hear his voice and, and obey. Respond. He's raising up a generation. I said earlier, this is unto something. This is unto something. It's what Wayne said. There's more coming. I was thinking of Matthew 7 this week. The Sermon on the Mount. And and chapter 7 where it says, you know, the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And then when the storm came, it just washed away the house. because It didn't have the foundations. But I was thinking about it from a different perspective that I've never thought about it before. And that was that if we're not building our house now on the Lord, even when the Lord moves, when His Spirit comes in like a flood, when there's a tidal wave of His activity, if we're not ready, do you realize that? 
if we're not ready, if we've resisted the preparation, we also will be swept away, not to. That's why the Lord said to the Israelites, it's quoted in Hebrews 3, so today if you hear his heart, his word, voice, do not harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of us has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We need to reach out to each other, not shrink back from from a, a difficult conversation. Oh, that God would fill us with his love for each other. His love for me, his love for you that I can reach out and touch with that love. And to speak the thing that he's speaking. Not what I think a person might need to hear. Sometimes we think they just need love, 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 right? You know what I'm talking about? You know, the Bible says it's truth that sets us free. It's truth. It's truth in love. And if the Lord shows me something, I've got to deal with me first, but if he shows me how I can touch another person, I've got to do that. We've got to do that for each other. We've got to pull each other. We've got to pull each other close. Draw each other in. Because he's coming. He's coming. Amen. So we say yes, amen, and amen. Yes, Lord. Here we are. Here we are, Lord. Keep us in this place. Do whatever it is you want to do. For Jesus' glory. Because the slain lamb is worthy. Amen. Amen.